You're listening to the Elevate Your Brand podcast, where we talk to some of the smartest entrepreneurs and fastest growing brands in the market today. I'm your host, Laurel Mintz, a reformed corporate M&A attorney who founded award-winning LA-based marketing agency, Elevate My Brand. We've elevated some of the world's biggest brands from Facebook, Paw Patrol, and Verizon to innovative startups you haven't even heard of yet. Are you ready to elevate your brand? Keep listening. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Elevate Your Brand. I, of course, am your host, Laurel Mintz, and I'm joined today by a dear, dear friend of mine, Kamini Lane, who is just, I mean, a brilliant entrepreneur, has held some of the most incredible positions. Most recently, she was the president of the West for Compass Realty, just a little small company, if you know them, uh, and was uh, CMO of Trade Z before that. And she has so much information to share with us today. Kamini, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. I'm excited to be here. Well, I mean, you and I just are so aligned on so many different things, but we have to start with the fact that you are an advisor to Fabric. So I'm really excited about that. Um, Share with our audience why you thought it was so important to be a part of a diversity fund. Yeah, you know, I am, first of all, just so thrilled and honored to be part of Fabric. And I've been kind of skipping around the VC-funded world for a really long time. You know, I was uh, at eBay all the way back in the early 2000s. And, um, you know, most recently, as you said, at Compass and, you know, a couple companies in between. And so I've I've been around this world for a really long time and, and I've seen firsthand what kinds of companies and what kinds of founders get funded. Uh, And I've also seen the difference that it makes when diverse founders and companies that cater to diverse populations get funded. You know, Tradesy is a female founder and CEO. Uh, The founder and CEO of Compass is African-American. And, you know, that inclusion matters, right? When people see people who look like themselves getting funded and and being represented in the VC world, it matters. I think, um, you know, having role models is one of the most important things that we can do for underrepresented um, communities. And so that's really why when you first brought it up to me, like, I don't know what, six, seven months ago, maybe more than that, I just jumped at it. I mean, we're so honored to have you on the board. I was so nervous asking you, I was like, is she gonna like get the vision? I mean, does she believe that we can do this? And you were like, let's do this. <laughs> you yes. were like all in. It was so great. So thank you for that. Um, but not, we're not here to talk about me, obviously. We're here to talk about you. So take us back in time. Like, where did you start your career? What did you think even before you started your career, you thought you were going to do and take us through your trajectory? Yeah. So my, so, so I was born and raised in LA, which, you know, I think is, uh, people find that so rare, right? Like us Angelinos. It's like, yeah, it's another reason we love each other so very much. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We remember the days when smog was an actual thing and acid rain was like <laughs> scary, right? It was real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so born and raised in LA. And then I went to UC Berkeley for undergrad, went to the Haas School of Business. And when I was graduating, it was a very typical business school recruitment process. Um, and, you know, everyone went into either banking or consulting. And so right. I went into consulting. At the time, I was considering going to law school, which you'll love that. Um, I'm so glad you didn't. <laughs> right? So I... Um, I actually took a job doing litigation consulting for Ernst & Young. And I 
pretty quickly realized that while it was a wonderful boot camp in work ethic, analytical fundamentals, um, you know, really how do you how to use Microsoft Excel? Let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> I also realized that uh, I needed something that was more creative in my life, and you know I'm super grateful for that time. I'm I'm grateful that I came out and that my first job was so rigorous because I do think the work ethic that it instilled in me carries through to this day, 20 plus mm-hmm. years later. Um, but I did realize that I wanted I wanted an element of creativity in in my career, and I got the opportunity to go work for eBay. And again, this was this was the early two thousands. Silicon Valley was was booming right before busting, and um, <laughs> and eBay was uh, was a dream, right? It was oh, yeah. one of the hottest companies in the world at the time, and um, you know, again, VC funded, and the opportunity was to go become part of the category management team for fashion. I'd always loved fashion, and it really was a dream. Like I said, it, it was creative. It was analytical. It was also a stretch. It was a challenge for me because I was actually, uh, I was the associate category manager for men's and women's accessories at that time. It was a $200 million business. And I wow. also did all of the uh, marketing and merchandising. And I was the sort of PR liaison for the entire fashion category, which is a billion dollar business. And I was the only person in that associate category manager role without an MBA. I was by far the youngest and, you know, I felt really sort of honored that the company took a chance on me and it was just an incredible, incredible opportunity. So it was both an opportunity to kind of get out of the, you know, super kind of analytically corporate corporate like consulting world of Ernst & Young. Um, and an opportunity to work in the tech industry, work in fashion, you know, understand the two-sided marketplace model, which I, you know, went went on to sort of build a specialty in. So it was really a fantastic opportunity. And, um, you know, it also was an amazing opportunity to work with some really incredible female role models, kind of going back to, to what I talked about in the beginning, the importance of role modeling. Uh, I had some incredible female role models when I was at eBay. And the funny thing was every single one of those female role models had gone to Harvard Business School. Of course. And I, <laughs> that's, you know, a traje- that's a typical trajectory, right? That is the trajectory. It's sort of what you do. And um I came from a family that was very focused on education. Both of my parents had secondary degrees. And so it was sort of always assumed that I would continue my education, but I didn't really know what shape that would take. And uh, when I was at eBay, it definitely started to take shape. And I, I got a lot of sort of support and encouragement for applying to business school and ended up uh, continuing the tradition, if you will, and went to Harvard <laughs> Business School. Um, I love that. And I mean, look, I, I always tell people, I don't think you need the secondary degrees, but to be able to stand up in the kinds of rooms that you have been execu- an executive in, there's just something about having those letters after your name that makes you feel more empowered. It was, is it just me? So I feel like that's not what you're supposed to say, but that's exactly how it made me feel. That is exactly right. I mean, you know, being a a woman of color and I am smaller in stature, you know me, I'm, you know. She's a teeny weeny. She's the cutest (laughs) ever. I'm just going to say this because my audience hasn't met you yet, but like if you didn't know how fantastic and loving and sweet she was, you'd want to kill her because she's gorgeous and skinny (laughs) and adorable. 
and she's just lovely. So other than were, that, I'd want to kill you. You are the sweetest, but I am <laughs> I am all of five three, which most people don't realize because I'm always in four inch heels. But mm-hmm. you know, when you are a, a woman of color, there are many sort of compensating things that you do, including you know, for me wearing four inch heels all the time. And I think having, as you said, those letters after my name has always given me a sense of security. It is a security blanket because it's sort of a, it's an undeniable marker that I should have a seat at that table. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, in situations when I felt unsure of myself or felt like maybe I'm, uh, you know, have to have imposter syndrome as most of us do, uh, having that MBA, having the credentials from Harvard, being able to, to, to say that I am part of that network has really definitely given me some, some security. And I I think, um, you know, I'm grateful that I had that opportunity. Well, my dad always said, you, they can never take that away from you. You know, mm-hmm. it's something that you earn. You showed up, you did the work, and you earned. And that was, you know, my family didn't have all the secondary degrees. My mom's a kindergarten teacher. My dad was in the furniture industry. But that was something that they always wanted so desperately for me um, because of that reason. They wanted to make sure I could show up in any room and feel confident and comfortable. Little, little did they know how I was going to come out. I was pro- would probably have been that way anyways, but I really do like <laughs> having those degrees. Not so much the student loans that went away around with them, with, but right. you know, what are you yeah. going to do? <laughs> yeah, and do I you- think for my family, you know, both my parents were born and raised in India and um, education is such a focus in India because it Definitely. is really the only way to, to form opportunity for yourself. And it's, yeah. you know, it, it's not, it's not like being in the United States. And so, yeah, that was always instilled in me. It is, it is a hundred percent something no one can take away. And do you think that's something that you, that you want Leela to do? That's such a good question. So I, oh, for I those have, again, for those of you tuning in, she has the cutest daughter. She's seven now, eight. No, she's just a giant. She's only five and a half, but she is oh my the gosh. size she's of very a tall. Yes, very tall. And you know, Leela is um, a free spirit. She's an artist. Her her teachers tell me that she really does have uh, a flair and a passion for art and all things creative. She loves to dance. Um, she loves to sort of express herself. She's incredibly articulate. Her vocabulary is out of this world for a five and a half year old. And um, she loves school, but I don't know that she will be as focused on education and, and sort of the more traditional path um, as I have been. Her father is a creator. He was, uh, he for many years, a chef and restaurateur. Um, he's a creative director of a boutique hotel chain now. I think she has a big chunk of that um, creativity from him. And my thought is, you know, I've worked my butt off to give her the chance to indulge in whatever it is she wants to do. And as long as she's focused and as long as she's passionate and as long as she works hard, I'll support it. Whether she wants to be, you know, a dancer or a painter or, uh, I don't know, a, a, a balloon animal artist, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know? You're the coolest mom ever, honestly. Um, and I think that's a really important lesson, you know, in general. Like, that's the gift that we get to give our kids as generational entrepreneurs, because we've also seen both sides, you especially having the the HBS experience, having the Ernst & Young experience, having the tech startup experience. Like you holistically really see what this universe looks like, which obviously has given you an opportunity to give her um, everything and anything that she wants in terms of her giving her space to be her very unique self, which I think is fantastic. Um, we're gonna take a really quick break. We'll be right back. Are you ready to elevate your brand, but not quite ready to sign up with an agency? 
we're not mad about it. In fact, we think it's a really smart marketing move to make sure that you're ready before you spend those big marketing dollars. And since we're such a solutions-oriented team, of course, we came up with a solution for you. We created a nine-course educational webinar series that will kickstart your marketing strategy. This series was made for startups and small businesses who want to implement strong branding and establish smart marketing strategies from social media to search and beyond. Sign up today, take our free course to test us out and elevate your brand in 2022. Thanks for sticking with us. And if you're just tuning in, I am chatting with my friend Kamini, who was the uh, most recently the president of the, of the West for Compass Realty before that former CMO of TradeZ. I mean, you've built quite an illustrious career. And she, right before the call, she was just teasing me about she's got something new on the horizon that's going to be big, big, big. So stay tuned for big things from Kamini. Um, but before the break, we were talking a bit about um, you know, passing on that entrepreneurial vibe to your daughter and whether you want her to go through uh, business school and all of that. I just loved your perspective on that. So thank you for sharing it. I know we have lots of parents uh, along who are entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs as well. So it's interesting to see your perspective. Anything else you want to add about uh, the Leela conversation before we move on? <laughs> I think it's just important to, to, to give yourself, give your kids space to be themselves, but also you know, that work ethic, you know, going back to kind of why I appreciated my days at Ernst & Young, it, it, you know, for, for me, it's work hard, work hard, and then you can be the next whatever, right? You can be the next Taylor Swift, if that's what you want to be, or, <laughs> you know, the next um, whatever, whatever it is, professional gymnast, professional ice skater, professional whatever. Um, you can be the best, but only if you work hard and only if you earn that space. Mm, I love that. Well, speaking of earning space, um, are there specific lessons that you learned in the spaces that you've spoken to already? So at Ernst & Young, was there like one big takeaway? Like for me, when I was in law school, I learned how to think differently. When mm. I was an undergrad, I learned how to work the system. Like I felt like at each point in my career, in my life, my education, I learned a different task or tool. Can you take us through those um, few uh, pieces that you've already mentioned? And if there is a moment or something that you learned that's a big takeaway. Yeah, I love that. So at Ernst & Young, I learned how to work hard. I mean, work hard, pay attention to every detail. And, um, you know, this this was sort of a different time, I think, in terms of, of what was expected of, of people in their first jobs out of, out of college. But there was nothing you could say no to. I remember right. um, I worked on a, a government now. case. Yeah, <laughs> it's really different now. Mm-hmm. For better and for worse. But I worked on a, 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 a class action lawsuit um, for the U.S. government. And we had to mail all of our documents. So our deliverables nowadays, you email everything, even if it's a secure um, file, you know, there are ways to do that. But back then, we couldn't email anything because it, it was... Um, Government. It was, it was government. like highly classified. Highly, highly classified. Yeah. And so every Friday we had to put all of our deliverables together in a binder and we had to FedEx it. <laughs> and we worked around the clock to hit those every Friday deadlines, but the volume of work was just enormous. So enormous. And so inevitably we were rushing up against the 5 p.m. cross-country FedEx deadline. And one of my jobs was to sprint to FedEx at, you know, 4.56 and physically hold the door open with my foot so that they could not lock the door. And oh, my God. I never, I never thought, this sucks. I'm not going to do it. it. It 
totally sucked, but it was just part of the job, right? And so I definitely learned to, to, to work hard, to do what was necessary, to be a team player, um, and, and to know that sometimes, you know, sprinting to FedEx and holding the door open with your foot was what you had to do to make the team succeed, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was buying my team the extra 10 minutes. So I think that was a, a really important lesson um, that I learned. So the it sounds like that lesson was about the hustle because I totally like we've been on projects and we've had EY people on and it's been amazing to see the kind of work output that they have at the at the very you know earliest associate level. So I totally see that. And then it sounds like the other piece that you really learned there was about how it really is a team effort, which sounds so cliche, but I find, especially in the in this day and age where we're in these little boxes on computers, people don't think about the whole. And that's a really big culture issue, which I think is one of the reasons we've been successful on the agency side with our team. But holistically, I think people don't think about us, they think about me, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it sounds like yeah. that's something you learn there as well. Absolutely. And you know, that that job required a lot of travel. So you're spending a ton of time with your coworkers. I mean, you know, literally working 12 hours a day, every single meal, staying in the same hotel, flying on the same flights. And so you, you know, you do really feel a sense of needing to be there for the team and needing to uplift each other and, you know, needing to relieve each other's burdens every once in a while. Mm, yeah. Which usually I'm sure took, or oftentimes took the form of a, a really strong martini, I would guess. <laughs> <laughs> Many times, many, many many times. Okay. So what did you, what was the big takeaway from eBay? I think at eBay, I really learned to um, embrace opportunity and to, uh, to do the work as part Mm -hmm. of embracing opportunity. So I started at eBay uh, running the children's business, which was a really small business. um, And it's sort of like, you know, not a ton of opportunity there and wasn't really growing, but I threw myself into running the children's business and then had an opportunity to pinch hit on the shoes business. So, you know, it wasn't like I stopped working on the children's business, but I embraced that opportunity and then was eventually given the opportunity to run the entire men's and women's accessories category. Um, and it, I only got to that point because every time I was asked to do something else, I embraced that. And I, I never, I never sort of said, um, well, is the, is, is part of my work going to go away? Right. I said, all right, this is, this is really exciting because this is another step in being able to prove myself and in being able to learn new things uh, and being able to kind of get to that ultimate destination of of running a major category by myself. And, Mm. you know, at 25 years old, I was running a a major category at eBay, which, you know, uh, I look back on it and I'm like, wow, what were they (laughs) thinking? (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that wild? I keep, I look back all the time at my career. Like I took over my dad's company at 26 and I was interim CEO managing 60 people as the youngest woman and the youngest person. And I'm like, what was any of these poor any of these people? I was a child. I yeah. had no idea what I was doing. Yeah, I mean, and you know, I, I, one of the most amazing uh, experiences of my career when I was at eBay, we did a charity auction with the CFDA and with Vogue, and so every year they had done something called Seventh on Sale, which is a huge charity auction for that benefits HIV and AIDS research, and they decided mm-hmm. to do it on eBay, and I ran the whole thing from from the eBay side. And I was literally in a room with Anna Wintour planning this thing. And at at 25 years old, you know, I remember I wore jeans. I wore jeans to Vogue 
to the photo <laughs> I had That's no such a idea. Carrie Bradshaw moment. <laughs> uh, totally. I just had no idea, you know, and I walk in and Anna's holding court in the front of the room and everyone's head swivels around and looks at this, you know, skinny little outsider in jeans. Um, but yeah, just incredible experiences because I kind of jumped in and embraced it. And I think, I, I think what, what, I learned in the beginning of my career, or I guess, you know, what I sort of parlayed that to in in the later half of my career is that you get to set boundaries and you get to set rules once you've earned that. And once you've done the work to prove yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's not that it's not that people today have to just do whatever is asked of them blindly, but it is being really intentional about embracing opportunity and understanding, like, you know, frankly, how, how that the impact that you're going to make is going to serve you down the line. Totally, totally. I think when you're young, you have to say yes to everything or you it's not even happening. You get to say yes to everything because you don't know what opportunity you say yes to is actually going to put you on the right path. Um, Because you're so young and impressionable and you're just kind of figuring it out and finding your sea legs in the entrepreneurial world. As you get older, like that's been my most powerful word this last year is no. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's hard to learn that lesson. For sure. I love that that's um, the takeaway at eBay. We're going to take another quick break and then we're going to bring everyone up to speed with where you're current. We'll take you through Tradesy and then Compass, which is like two lifetimes of work, and then to where you are today. So stay tuned. Hey, it's me again, Laurel Mintz, host of Elevate Your Brand podcast and the CEO of Elevate My Brand. In these wild times, social media is really having its moment. According to the Harris Poll, upwards of 51% of U.S. adults are using social media now more than ever. In other words, your brand better step up its social media game ASAP. Good thing we're pros at social media marketing here at EMB. If you're ready to elevate your brand, slide into our DMs or give us a call after this episode. All right, chatting with my dear friend, Kamini Lane. All right, we've taken, we've gone through your history and your schooling and all of those exciting moments. We've even had conversations around children and upbringing and all of that. Now, how do we go from eBay to Tracy? So I went to business school, as I was mentioning. I was sort of the you know next in line of many um, category managers at, at, at eBay to go to Harvard Business School. And after I graduated from business school, I realized I wasn't quite ready to commit to a corporate job yet. And so I went into the agency world. And mm-hmm. I, was, I did brand strategy with Interbrand for a number of years. I did digital marketing with a company called Rap for a number of years. And I learned a ton about brand, a ton about marketing. And I then sort of realized, all right, I don't want to stay in the agency world forever. I want to be a CMO. And that that realization was actually a big part of what led me to transition from pure brand strategy into marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, most people don't realize, I guess if you've never been in the industry, you don't realize that brand strategy is actually very, very different from marketing. You can be a great brand strategist and not know a thing about marketing. And, and, totally. um, and that's kind of what I was turning into. And so I, I kind of threw myself into the marketing world with the explicit goal of being able to be a CMO one day. And, and how um, old were you at that point? Because you were a pretty young CMO of a pretty big company. Yeah, I was... 35. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was 35. And, um, and, and I got the opportunity to come to Tradesy, which was sort of a full circle from my eBay days. So Tradesy is a peer to peer platform for designer fashion. 
And so a category that I very much understood uh, and, you know, a discipline that I had learned over the last decade being in the agency world. And so I um, had, you know, fantastic opportunity, like I said, female founded and run and uh, came in as the SVP of marketing, had a baby, came back from mat leave took over a couple of business units and got promoted to CMO. And I ended up being at Trade Z for almost three full years, which was a, a real, it was, it was a real journey and a real privilege to be in that position. And you were with them when they fundraised, you have equity. I mean, you're, you were so ingrained in that, in the growth and evolution of that company. Yeah. And I think evolution is a really good word for it because, you know, hyper growth startups don't survive if they don't evolve. And I think, right. you know, that was definitely something that I learned at Tradesy was you cannot get stuck in one way of doing things. You cannot get stuck in one way of looking at the company. Uh, you have to be nimble. You have to be responsive. You have to make hard decisions, you know, when they arise and, um, and, you know, you have to be able to pivot within, within that company context. Mm -hmm. And that's where you and I fell in love. So there was a, mm. I think it was an International Women's Day event that Tradesy was hosting. And I was the um, MC actually of the event. And I had just made my very first purchase on Tradesy, which was, it was a pair of purple pumps. Um, I think they were YSL. Yes, they were exactly. They were YSL purple pumps, the rounded toe with the platform heel mm -hmm. um, and the snakeskin embossed like heel heel oh my gosh and I remember meeting you and telling you about these shoes and you were going through an extremely challenging time in your life um would you can we share with the audience yeah um it's it's crazy I remember you and I talking about this not that long ago so mm -hmm. that night was the night that my father was hospitalized he'd been battling cancer for a number of years and um it was a really challenging time because my mother was uh in the hospital at the same time she had fallen ill i think you know part of the reason she she got so sick was that she had just been totally focused on caring for my father mm -hmm. so um and i had become a single mother so i had um separated from my my now ex-husband and so i was raising lila by myself and that the night of that event i i did the i remember i remember this so clearly we were sort of getting started, getting ready, and I got a call, and my father wasn't doing well. They decided to take him to the ER, and so I, I got up. I did my keynote. Mm -hmm. um, I sat for the first sort of five, ten minutes of your panel, um, and then I left, and I went to the hospital, and my father passed away, I think it was two days later. So I, I basically <sighs> went, yeah, I went, uh, went straight to the hospital. And basically didn't leave. Um, I think I went home to change at some point, but um, but yeah, he passed away a couple of days later, and it was a, it was an extraordinarily difficult time. Um, yeah. But I uh, I remember telling you it is phenomenal that you and I from that meeting, which you know my life became a blur for a little while after that. From that meeting, have stayed so close. Yeah, I think whenever we have dinner, we both come away from those. Uh, first of all, we have a great time. We just enjoy each other's company. We play and we laugh and we have a great, really good time. But we both feel like so much more who we actually fundamentally are as humans when we come away from those dinners because we're so similar in uh, in our palettes, in our in our comedy sense, in our fashion sense. Um, it's just really lovely when you meet people in the business world that genuinely become your friends. And you're truly one of my favorite people that that's ever happened to. Ditto. Ditto. 
Oh man. Um, well, thank you for sharing that story. I know it was intense and, um, my dad's been in and out of the hospital the last month too. So I completely understand what that vibe is like. Very challenging. Um, let's pivot back to, um, your kind of current state. So you went from CMO of Tradesy. How did you decide to move on from this massive C-suite role? I mean, like I said, you had fundraised, the company was crushing it. And then you went over to something a little different in real estate. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about that transition. So, you know, I, similarly to when I was doing brand strategy and I, and I sort of looked five years in the future and said, I want to be a CMO. When I was at Tradesy and I was a CMO and I was getting more and more responsibility and the company was doing well, I realized I don't think I want to be a CMO forever. I think mm. I want to pivot onto the, the more leadership and ops side. I don't think I want to be a functional leader forever. Mm. And um, I'd always been interested in general management. You know, going back to my eBay days, uh, I was a general manager and I wasn't a leader in the company, but I really liked how broad my scope was. I fell in love with marketing because it is a fascinating trade. Um, and I and I truly, to this day, absolutely love marketing. But I, I thought, you know, in five years, I don't think I want to be CMO of a bigger and bigger and bigger company. Like being CMO of a Fortune 500 company doesn't necessarily excite me, but being CEO of a Fortune 500 company does excite me. Mm. And when when Compass came calling, I was super happy at Trade Z. And um, so you I weren't looking. I didn't realize that. that. No, I was not looking at all. Wow. I loved, I loved my job at Tradesy. I was so passionate about about the brand and about the business and about the team. Um, and when Compass first came calling, I was like, "This doesn't make any sense. I don't know anything about real estate. <laughs> How am I going to run one of the largest regions in the country for a real estate company?" And um, and what became clear after a, a few conversations was. One, they were really interested in me because I had a marketing brand and luxury background, which the the Los Angeles market for real estate is predominantly luxury and obviously marketing and brand are super important. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why they wanted me. And it also became clear that this was my opportunity to kind of pivot onto uh, general management and CEO track that I would learn how to run a PL, uh, you know, independently, that I would learn how to you know, make sort of finance and HR decisions, run a really large team. And so, you know, it was a really difficult decision, but I ended up deciding to jump over to, to Compass and had a pretty wild ride there. I started as general manager of Los Angeles, and then I was promoted to regional president of Southern California. And then I launched the Hawaii market during the pandemic, which was insane. So I was regional president <laughs> of Southern California and Hawaii. And then about at the same time, I got promoted to president of the West and I ran the largest region in the country. Um, I had 700 full-time employees, 9,000 independent contractors. Um, and, uh, and then one fine day, you know, we always knew, I mean, Compass was venture, venture back. We always knew that the company was going to go public. Um, but uh, I remember getting like a last minute meeting on my calendar from our general counsel. And he said, hey, we want you to be a named officer of the company, we're going to go public. And so you're going to be an S1 filing and, you know, all of the stuff that comes with that, which was like a, a huge surprise and, and you know, pleasant surprise. Right? Sure, it's like an ego boost, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I definitely did not think when I joined Compass as the GM of Greater Los Angeles that in 
a couple of years, I was going to be a named officer in the S-1 filing. So that was just in- incredible. And, um, and yeah, got to be an officer of the company through the IPO, leading, you know, a, a staff of several hundred people and kind of shepherding everyone through that crazy time. And now you're moving on to your next venture. You took, you took a break. What, I mean, people would think that's insane. You're at the top of your game right now. Why, why did that, why was that the path? Was it a burnout thing or you were just like, I need to figure out what I want next. And I've done, I'm at the top of the food chain. I need to figure it out. You know, I think it was really just more when you, when you're sort of on a career trajectory that is like mine had been, right, which was just increasing responsibility and, you know, increasing visibility, there, you sort of realize if I don't take a break now, it'll never happen. And mm-hmm. um, it was the right time for me from a personal standpoint to spend more time with my daughter, uh, to kind of recenter. It was a time for the company where it wasn't going to cause issues for me to step away. And, um, and, you know, I think it was just the right thing for, for, was the right thing for me. And it was the right thing for the company. And that felt good. You know, it felt good to be able to take a break and, and have it be good for everyone. Mm. I love that. I mean, I don't think most people would make that decision to listen to their soul and their heart and do what's right for them emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually. Again, it's one of the things that I respect the most about you. You are so clear on your vision and your path and where you want to go with your life. I cannot wait to see what's next. Um, and now you can't tell us, but for those listening in, make sure you stay tuned to this girl because she is going to change the world. Um, we are over time, but I do have some last minute quick fire questions that I always ask my guests. The first one is, what is the one thing you could not live without during the pandemic? And you can't say any of your products or companies that you've worked with. Wine. Wine. <laughs> That's why we're friends. Wine. <laughs> um, yeah, I knew I, I knew the answer to that. Actually, I shouldn't have even bothered. Um, what? And uh, the next question is, what's your vice of choice? Your go-to drink? Wine is the answer to that as well. And the last mm-hmm. question is, um, what is your favorite word and why? And this could be something that's had real meaning to you over time, or something that just pops into your head for this part of our conversation. My favorite word and why? Um, okay, well, I'm just gonna say love. Um, it's what popped into my head. It's the first word that my daughter learned how to read on her own besides her first, besides her name. She, it was the first word she learned how to, to read and spell. And, um, Mm. so all, all over our house are little post-it notes that say love Leela. Um, and I think that, you know, in life, if you're guided by love, you can rarely go wrong. Aww. Again, if I didn't love you so much, I would really just, I can't even, <laughs> um, and you're newly engaged. So I'd say congratulations. That's Thank so exciting. You. So Thank love is really you. a through line for you. It sounds like it is, you know, I think, um, I was funny. I was talking to my fiance, uh, last night and I said, you know, the thing that make the thing that I'm most proud of in my career is that I have always loved my job. And I think that that is that that to me is success, right? I don't see myself as successful because I've gotten titles or whatever. Uh, it is because I've always loved my job, and so I really think that in life, if you're if you let yourself be guided by love, you will be successful in all the ways that really matter. 
That's such a fantastic final takeaway for those of you tuning in, thinking about what your next career move is, uh, you know, follow your heart. I think if you love what you do, um, every day is really, truly a gift. And so are you, Kamini. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. My pleasure. Thank you. This was so much fun as always. <laughs> and thank you to everyone who tuned in. Stay tuned for more from Elevate Your Brand coming up next.